Well, everyone, welcome to uh, Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. We are very excited to welcome a household name in Lucha Libre. While Stop he it. is known for his <laughs> wrestling, he also has some mad skills in gaming and mask making. He's mm-hmm. been a staple on the WWE roster, taking place, uh, taking part in the first Cruiserweight Classic and being seen on shows like 205 Live, Monday Night Raw, and is currently part of Friday Night SmackDown. One part of Lucha House Party, WWE superstar, Lince Dorado. I Thank you so much. Like, that introduction was amazing. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say after that. Like, I just want to record that. Every time somebody calls me, and that's just <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you for that, and I'm excited to be here. It's been a long time coming. Uh, the connection between Lucha Central Gaming and 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 Mass Republic, I have a long yeah. relationship with them boys, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited to be here, guys. So let's let's rock and roll. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the show this week. This, I mean. Uh, I just had a, a mini markout moment there. I just have to admit, uh, we <laughs> wanted to do you justice. All three of us are mm-hmm. are very fans of yours on multiple levels. Um, oh, much but we really, first off, want to congratulate you uh, on the new Lucha House Party T-shirt release with foot action. Um, can you tell us a bit about your reaction when you first learned that the T-shirt was going to be released? Absolutely. Well, first of all, uh, Hawk and Sock, uh, the guy in charge of getting this all together, I want to give him a big shout out and a big thank you because like, he's been such a cool dude uh, and been such a nice guy to not only just me, but like a lot of m- the boys. And, uh, you know, I'm happy that he linked up with uh, Jesse Hernandez, Urban Aztec on Instagram and Twitter, because that dude actually created the first outfit and the mass design for the cwc lince dorado version so to see him actually now almost what uh four or five years later make a t-shirt for the lucha house party and myself that's going to be featured on foot action like that's pretty incredible because his art style is sick and i mean it did it justice it was exactly what i would have loved uh my shirt to have been with that little urban aztec feel and Jesse did a great job capturing the Lucha Libre culture, the Lucha Lit philosophy, uh, just our style, our swag, exactly what we want to come across um, rather than, you know, like these cartoonish characters that a lot of people think that we are. But I was very pumped uh, when I saw it, and I hope that everybody go ahead and pick up theirs this Monday, 10 a.m., footaction.com. Can you tell us how you came to start working with Jesse Hernandez, the Urban Aztec, prior to the Cruiserweight Classic Tournament? And did that lead in any way to working together on your new t-shirt release through Foot Action? So Jesse and I met, like I said, prior to the CWC. Um, I met him through, I I believe, Instagram um, and Mass Republic. I think he was doing something for either uh, Ray... Or his just his art style just captured me, <laughs> and um, I think I just reached out and I said, "Hey man, like I would love for you to to help me collab on a, a mass design for WWE because I had the Lince character prior to that for almost a decade, and I wanted to go into WWE with a new feel and look and attitude, and I wanted his style to be incorporated in it. And his very first design, we hit it out of the park." Um, in fact, there was a piece mm-hmm. of the, the design that we didn't make 
Um, it was this, a jacket that he created, but we didn't make that. We're going to make that eventually. Long story short, I fell in love with his design. I actually have it in a box shadow, and I look at it almost every day. And <laughs> fast forward, so I was good. like, yeah, fast forward, I was like, hey, Hawkinsock, you got to check this guy's art style out. He's sick. He does a lot of street art. Um, and and just see what you can do, you know. And this other guy didn't really have a lot of say in the the foot action community, but he just had just enough stroop that uh, as soon as he saw Jesse's work, he was like, "Yeah, we got to do something with this." And they collabed on some incredible T-shirts from oh, like so cool. Warrior, mm-hmm. Undertaker, y'all saw them, Sasha Banks. Yeah, they, yeah. they were also <laughs> sick. Um, and as soon as I knew as soon as he was going to create something, that, that was it. It was going to pop off. He was going to be set for, for a while. Um, and everybody likes that urban ass, like urban look with wrestling like that. It just goes together. It's like Def Jam Vendetta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So many of his masks really stand out. Uh, so, uh, Lindsay, uh, can you tell us about your uh, Twitch channel, Mucha Lit? What inspired you to, to start the channel? Yeah, I mean, okay, so the the channel started off as like, all right, of course I want to get paid to play video games, but then you realize <laughs> it, <laughs> of course, right? That's I'll, awesome. I'll up, like, you do want to get paid. Living the dream. Your, yeah, of course, and plus, like, there was nobody else at that time, when I started at least, that was, like, playing video games in a mask, like a luchador that, like, really committed to, like, streaming and talking usually it's just people like just playing games and i was like you know let me provide something a little bit different plus like of course i want to get more comfortable talking and being in the spotlight when i when i can and i just was using twitch as like that kind of tool to help me get better but then i started to get like lucha lit on the station and just started just going creative like even right now i'm i'm making my virtual stage for my online promotion that you're gonna see me walk out in, in a couple of weeks, like you know, like so stuff cool. like that, so like cool. entertains me, <laughs> like entertains me to keep doing like the station. And then I found, uh, like I said, you could do way more with it. So I started making the gear, and I found a lot of people liked when I did that, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Plus, I gotta get it, I gotta do it anyway. So why not share that experience <laughs> with people um, who are curious to know like what it takes to make gear or what does a guy who actually wrestles like what he has to do to make gear? Uh, it's all interesting. Like I still get emails from the very first video I did, and I'm about to do no- another one on the 19th of June on my on my uh, on my channel. So uh, th- this the station itself is just something that I That's wanted awesome. to do to kind of pop myself, and uh, you know I'm doing <laughs> it. So I'm popping myself every time I'm on the street. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I love that. I'm doing, I, I'm doing it for everybody, but really, I'm just doing it for myself. I just want to make myself laugh. But sometimes those are the best projects. And you have your own promotion. I mean, now you're you're literally the booker, right? You get to, to I'm, book I'm your President magic. Dorado. Of the oh, film. el presidente. El presidente oh. Dorado. <laughs> yeah, that's, so I've always had this idea with um, my boy, Rich Swan, man. I love that dude. That's my little brother. And when we were together on the road before WWE and even in WWE, we would always bring our PlayStations. I've got four PlayStations at my house because sometimes we would lose a controller and we would justify it to ourselves. <laughs> like, we could just buy this controller, but you know what? 
we need another PlayStation. So that's not <laughs> um, you know, just in cases back us. But we would play 2K religiously and have like the sickest matches. Like that's even how I think of my matches as video games. But um, so me and him would always just book our own matches. We would always book our own storylines and just like I said, just like really just wrestle for ourselves. And then, you know, as we split and do our own things and, you know, he went his way, I went my way, but we still stay in contact. But, you know, when that com- when it comes to the wrestling games, we'll always text each other like, oh, you using this week? All right, upload them so I could download them and like use them in my Fed and stuff like that. So we'll have like Fed cross promotion rivalries. Um, it's just my mine happens to be on Twitch, but his his needs to be on Twitch as well. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you should encourage him to get on. We'd love to see that. Dude, he was, <laughs> Swanee's a crazy dude. I don't know if he's a <laughs> – they'd kick him off the air pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another part of your Twitch channel um, that you've shown fans is your mask-making process. Um, what led you to want to share that with, with fans? So, yeah, like I said, uh, so when I do those, I definitely got to do one that's a little bit more detailed because the one I do, the one that I do on my stream is like a very simple mask. It's very easy to slip on, almost like ligers, um, but it doesn't have the detail and the quality, the time that I would put into it that I would a normal mask or a mask that I would make myself. But I wanted to share that because I thought, you know, even though I'm letting them in to a little secret of mass making of luchadors and, and stuff like that. It's still leaving a little mystery because I'm not really showing them how it's done or I'm not showing them a complete, you know, the little ins and outs, the little details that it takes to make a mass professional to be used in a, in a ring. But it does give the fans a little bit of feeling a little bit closer to, you know, not only myself, but like the Lucha Libre culture and seeing like it does take more than just an hour or two hours, like it does take like heart, soul and dedication and love when you do create these. And I know they see that in it because the fans will always like cheer me on or like, you know, like this is so cool. I wanted to see this or I'll let them pick the material that we'll use for the next mass. And they always like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It it really just lets us connect more. Um, I already already feel like it's hard to connect with like a luchador, especially on the WWE level. But at least that lets them into a little bit of inside my life as a mask maker, inside my life as a wrestler, and inside my life as a person. And we'll be back in just a moment with more with Lince Dorado. But first, we're going to send it over to Denise Salcedo in Lucha Central Central to tell you about all the other great podcasts on the Lucha Central Podcast Network this week. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a look at all of the great shows available this week on the Lucha Central Podcast Network where you can always find each show on its own or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show for every show in one easy feed. Monday, Lucha Libre Figures and Facts returns as the crew talks about the history of one of Lucha Libre's most influential personalities. Conan, including an in-depth look at his toy biz WCW Slam and Crunch action figure. Tuesday, it's Mass Mats and Mayhem 
as Lucha Underground executive producer and showrunner Eric Van Wagenen is back for part two of his interview where he gets confronted with the number one question on the minds of series fans. Will Lucha Underground return? Tune in Tuesday for his answer and a whole lot more. Thursday, on Straight Out of the Bodega, Papo Esco and Gabriel Ramirez are joined by WWE NXT referee Tom Caster, who trained for his career in NorCal and was part of many area promotions, including PWR, before his move to the international stage. The trio talks Tom's incredible journey leading up to his tryout, signing with WWE, and the road to recovery after his gruesome injury where his leg snapped mid-match, but he kept officiating until the end. This is an interview you won't want to miss. Also, Thursday and in Espanol, the number one Spanish-language wrestling podcast in the U.S., La Mesa de los Margaros, is all new. And AAA Exotico, Mamba, pulls up a seat at the table. On Friday, we've got one of the top Lucha Libre podcasts on the U.S. iTunes charts, Lucha Central Weekly, and the number one wrestling podcast in Mexico, Lucha Central Weekly en Español. Get all the latest news on the road to Lucha Libre restarting in Mexico, plus a check-in on the top names in Lucha Libre in U.S. promotions, including WWE and AEW. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central network series on your favorite podcast platforms and please be sure to give a rating and review to help more fans find the shows that you love for now this is denise salcedo signing off from lucha central central have a great week yeah we recently saw your twitch video where you made your amazing white ranger gear for money in the bank beautiful um how Thank would you say that using your own channel like that to showcase your talents outside of wrestling, like your video games and your mask making and everything, how would you say that's helped you with your wrestling career? I mean, it definitely lets me, one, I save a lot of money, like not outsourcing <laughs> things that I could definitely, I will tell you this, mm-hmm. I've in, in WWE, I've probably used five other people, incredible people, but Mm-hmm. As as picky as I am, whenever I get something back that I have other people make for me, I'm never happy with it or I'm disappointing in myself that I didn't make it because I probably could have. I was just being lazy. But uh, the sewing part and the, the construction of my gear has – dude, I've been making my stuff since 2007 oh, and wow. really been making it nonstop since 2010 when I moved to Florida and, you know, it's been almost 10 years. Well, actually, it's been 10 years. I've just like mm-hmm. really making myself. I made a, a bunch of a bunch of gear for guys and women in WWE right now and on That's the Indies so cool. uh, from Charlotte, Bailey, Pac, uh, Rich Swan's wow. first gear I made. Um, oh, that's so cool. Sammy Callahan, when he was in NXT, Solomon Crow, all these people. Like, actually, if it wasn't for Sammy, I probably wouldn't be making those gears for for all the other guys. But um, it really has helped me just continue my passion with wrestling, the lucha libre style, 
and just like makes me feel like it's going to be harder for me to leave because I'm always going to be like, well, I don't, I can't wrestle, but I could do this. It's always going to have me somehow tied to the wrestling Lucha Libre business and culture. That's amazing. And uh, you recently debuted a new trio of shirts dedicated to your Lucha Lit channel on Twitch uh, today at Pro Wrestling Tees. What's the design process like for making your own shirts compared to making a shirt within WWE? Oh, well, okay. So (laughs) making my own shirts, I literally could just lock myself in a room. Or if I'm collabing with somebody, I'll just say, hey, creative freedom, but this is what I want as far as like – like for example the the lucha thread shirt this that's the one with me with the sewing machine i just said make me a cute cartoon sewing and that's what he came up with and like is exactly what i wanted so what you know just put it on the shirt boom done but in wwe it's like five different versions we got a, a process like you know everything is just analyzed and it should be because you know it is a lot of that goes into it and like the gist but the creative freedom is so much better when it comes to like, okay, if I, what do I want to just put on a shirt or a tank top or some shorts? I could just do whatever and then just put yeah. it on and wear it. You know, I can't, can't always do that at work yeah. sometimes. That's awesome. And it's oh. awesome. It's a really, really cool shirt. So everyone should go to prowrestlingtees.com. Um, let me look. So, so we got, my we got, favorite, we got my the favorite shirt. one with the links and the, the ladies, yeah, that oh, one. Red shirt. That okay. So we got the we got the station shirt. That's the Lucha Lit station shirt. That's just for the Twitch channel. And then we got the Fed shirt. That's the the wild eighties yeah. vibe. Yeah, that yeah, was my favorite. Was the Fed. Yeah. Hell yeah. And we have the uh, Lucha threads. That's when I like make gear uh, or a mask and stuff like that. So they'll see me rock that. I can't pick one. They're all my favorite, but uh, <laughs> yeah, slash Lindsay Dorado. Yeah, definitely check those out. And to change gears a little bit, can you tell us a little bit about your time training in Mexico and uh, who you trained under, who was your maestro, and kind of how those lessons still help you today in WWE? Yeah, well, and Kalista will tell you this too because I know this dude always talks about it. It is the best <laughs> cardio in the world of any sport. Oh, lucha cardio, yeah. the best. <laughs> it is the best cardio in professional sports today, hands down. Some incredible athletes, some incredible different body types doing some incredible things. Yeah. It, it's it's so cool. Like uh, I can't even talk about it, but yeah. So basically, I got trained first in Philadelphia under the Chikara banner, but then they brought in a guy named Skyda and Pantera. Yeah. (laughs) So like, obviously, like, okay, like when you advertise Lucha Libre, you're you're thinking, okay, you're gonna get some authentic luchadors to come in and train you. But that wasn't the case for me the first five months until they came in as guest trainers, and kind of like re reinvented my love for wrestling because I didn't go in. At like wanting to be a wrestler, I went in because two other guys, uh, also a tag team of Fidian and Amasas, wanted to be you know tag team wrestling and get into the wrestling school of Chikara and CZW. I think at that time it's called the Wrestle Factory. But um, one of them didn't have the money, and I was like, you know what, I'll do it so that way you know they they didn't go alone. And then when 
I kind of just was like, okay, this is cool because it's wrestling. I didn't really know exactly what I was getting myself into, but I I kept hearing the word Lucha Libre. And at my house, my grandpa, who I just came from, like Lucha Libre at my house was Lucha Libre. Everybody knew what that was. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't feel like I was getting that at the school, not yet, until these guys came in. And as soon as I locked eyes, I was like, these guys are luchadors. I know what they're, they know what they're talking about. So they, you know, Love at first sight. They showed me one thing. As they show me another thing, boom, showed me another thing. As they show me eight things more, and then eventually I just like grabbed the courage and I was I asked Pentera because Skyda was already in the states in Chicago and 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 Philadelphia, so I, I could get to him easily. But Pentera, I really wanted to get to know him and really mm-hmm. pick his brain because he was in WWF. Mm-hmm. Right. Talking about Shiku and, and Christopher Daniels and Mr. Aguilar. Like, yo, this guy, he knows his stuff. Like, he's sick, and his outfits are sick. Yeah. And uh, he was like, yeah, come down. Uh, if you make your way down here, I'll, you know, you could come train with me. You could come stay with me, but you got to fly yourself. So, you know, I was like 18, 19. I saved all my money for my summer job. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to take this first semester off of college. And that was in 06. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go down with him for a couple months or you know, that was it. Just fell in love with it. And he actually was making a lot of gear for a lot of wrestlers, not only in Chikara, Mexico. So I kind of learned a lot from him without him, like, showing me, like, really saying, like, hey, I'm teaching you. And he was just like, watch this. Look at this. And Yeah, that's just, so cool. Looking at how he was making some stuff, I kind of just, like, reverse engineered it in my head and, you know, just kind of, like, ran with it. But Man, Pantera was really cool. Skyda was really cool. Uh, there was a bunch of guys in Chicago as well. Discovery was awesome. Uh, oh, he just passed away. Yeah, yeah. So sad. I trained under with him. Uh, some guys in, also in Chicago, Yakuza. And, um, you know, just anywhere I could just, like, try to train. I, I, I'm going to try. I'm going to go ahead and train. Metallic actually took me to the Mexico Arena. And, oh nice yeah and we got to train there over the summer right before we did this um this uh telecast for for nickelodeon mexico and it was so humbling to be in that arena and train to because i know a lot of other luchadors that i've looked up to i knew they rolled around in the same, same mat so mm-hmm. for me to do that it was kind of an honor and uh you know i'm very grateful for that do you uh do you remember who you were working with when you were down there? So the first time I went down there was for actually the pilot of um what was it Viva La Lucha and I actually mm-hmm. got to wrestle I think it was Jigsaw and Los Ice Creams and that was the first time I saw Extreme Tiger do um was it 450 to the floor and I was like this is the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. But it was awesome because I was like, he does not care. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I don't care either. But um, some other times I was down there. Uh, the last time I was down there, I was there for the crash. And I got to wrestle, man, uh, Torito. But I think he was Mascarita Dorada. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, Flamita. I wrestled yeah. with, um, I know Willie Mack was in the match. <laughs> that's my boy. I play with him every night too. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. Oh, that's great. 
He cannot have a Twitch channel because every other word out of his mouth is the F-bomb or some other <laughs> word that you, you was, just can't. We had a meeting with him, and he was so polite. We you never know. Oh, my God. No, sometimes we have to remind him if he's on the stream, like if we do like a, a Lucha Lit session, I'd be like, hey, man, like we could we could do whatever, but just try to keep the bombs as minimum. And probably the counter at the end of the night is over 1,000. I'm not even lying to you. <laughs> I would love for him to have a channel though. That would be awesome. Um, so as a as a luchador and lucha influenced wrestler in the WWE, we've uh, we've seen it. We've seen that uh, sometimes they can do big things, and sometimes they they get kind of put in uh, the middle of the card. There, are is there any kind of unique challenges you've come across being a lucha performer in the WWE style of product? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a stigma to all types of, of wrestlers, but uh, being a luchador, I think it's a little bit harder because, you know, WWE is an entertainment company rather than a wrestling company. They'll tell you that straight up. And, you know, it's it's hard for a luchador whose face is covered to, to sell emotion. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we do our best, especially like guys like Ray, myself, Metallic, Kalisto, um, all the luchadors in WWE right now, like we we're obviously there because we could connect with the audience in some kind of way, whether it's, you know, through talking or our body language or our mask or whatever it is. Um, but we always find a way to, to overcome, like just like in any wrestling match, we just find a way to overcome it and connect and just make the best of it. Like I have, you, I always have, I've never always have, been a positive person but i will say being in wwe and just taking it when it's good and taking it when it's bad and just you know being happy that you're just doing what you're doing is enough for me and i see my kids every day more than when i was a teacher and you would think like oh well you're home every day well i would be tired every day but being a you know being there now and being able to do what i love Cause you know, every time I go out there, me and my boys are gonna kill it, no matter what. Everybody's gonna talk about us, <laughs> and I'm gonna make sure that's our mentality. We're gonna go out there. If if we're not winning, yo, we're, somebody's talking about us one way or another. Absolutely. And usually about how beautiful your shooting star press is. Oh. It's <laughs> the most dynamic and fluid shooting star press and I have ever seen. I want to thank you very much because that was the first and probably the only time I lied. No, I'll do that crap again. I'll probably do it again. <laughs> little twist boy you know and land on my feet and be like yo what's up but uh that's that's our mentality like if if we know when to take it in good and we know when to take it in bad but like i said if whenever we get a chance we're gonna show out and we're gonna have a good time because i know there's times where people go into work and they're not happy doing what they're doing Mm -hmm. and i know no matter what i never want to take that for granted and i never want to go into work thinking like oh man it's it's work because to me it doesn't feel like work. I'm I'm wrestling. I'm doing my. That's I'm so still cool. training Lucha Libre style. Yeah. I'm still working out hard. I'm still getting in the ring and I'm still you know, I'm I'm getting started. I yeah. feel like I'm not. Like, I'm just getting started. Like there's oh, so no. much more. You're not done yet. You are no. way far from done. And you, you know what's crazy is like okay so I guess because I started so young. Like, time is so long, right? And that's yeah. the math person in me talking. 
by the time I saw all my friends getting signed and I'm like, okay, man, like my, I'm really doing these crazy matches. I'm really like just getting crazy. And I see all my friends getting signed and just making a living and really just starting their careers. And I was 28 when I said that. And I said, by the time I'm 30, if I'm not signed, I think I'm okay walking away because I did Japan. I did Mexico. I did all, all the smaller companies. I just didn't do WWE, but I made gear for people in WWE. That's how I justified it. Right. It's really bad to think that way, but that's how I justified it. <laughs> that's no, it's good. But no, then, I mean, any, any, when you're grasping for straws, any straw will do. <laughs> yeah. You're just looking for the positive uh-huh. outlook, any situation. That's how I saw it. And then finally I got a, a an email. Like as soon as I made that thought, like a couple of days later, I got an email pretty much inviting me to the cruiserweight classic and i was like well i guess this is a sign this is when it begins you know and at that moment i was like no matter what like no promises or guarantees i was like at that moment i looked at my 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 wife and i looked at my kids i said no matter what this is going to change our life and it did yeah, you absolutely crushed that opportunity, mm-hmm. and I'm really glad you did because I enjoy watching you as many weeks as I, they put you on TV. Oh, I appreciate it, man, because like, it really is very nice when people do say stuff like that, and I don't know, again, if it's like the hippie in me or <laughs> or just like, it's I feel like, yeah, I do it for me, and I do it for my kids, but like, deep down, yeah, I still do it for the fans too, right? But Sometimes those guys could be brutal, man. Could be brutal. <laughs> Ooh, wrestling community. I, and yeah. I have to, you know, I would kick myself if I didn't say this from the bottom of my heart as, uh, you know, someone who is representing Puerto Rico so well. Um, mm-hmm. I, that means a lot to, to me. I literally was on a rant last week, these two gentlemen know, <laughs> about, you know, how, how it's, it's been tough. But you especially and all all the luchadors and, and lucha house party especially have been a group that fans but especially you representing puerto rico so well it's just more of a, a thank you more of you know i'm sure the entire community you hear all the time is insanely proud and thankful for you because that that means a lot i'm sure for kids to know that they can see things in you that are in themselves and believe that you know one day that could be the stage that they're on and um just just thank you for for being that person Uh, well i want to say thank you for sure because i know when my kids hear that they're definitely gonna boost their ego up a little bit more as as far as like just being more confident in themselves because that's i i really do preach that to my kids a lot just being confident in yourself and uh, I wish, I, like, I know I could always do better representing the the Boricas, the, the Puerto Rican, the Puerto Ricans, everybody. Just, but I, sometimes I just get so like, I before I just wanted to wrestle for everybody, right? But then like you get kids, and then you're like, man, like you just want to make them proud and, and, and do it for them and set a good example. And sometimes it's not always like that. But I will say this to everybody: no, doesn't matter what race, doesn't matter where you come from, as a former teacher, I know that it starts at education. And I know very early on, I can tell you right now, kindergarten at Davis School in Camden, New Jersey, I made a decision in my Miss Crispy's art class. She was drawing a uh, elephant on a stool. We were doing perspective. This I remember this very vividly. 
this was after my uncle had showed me a tape of American wrestling that had Undertaker in it. And I was like, man, my teacher's so cool. I want to be a teacher and I want to be a wrestler at that time. Because at that time, Lucha Libre was a sport to me. Like, I really didn't grasp, like, oh, man, this was the same thing. <laughs> but then, like, later on, obviously, I was like, okay, not, nobody's doing Lucha Libre here in the States like this. I'm going to bring that style here. But uh, I will say, like, you can if you set your mind to it and doesn't don't take no. I will say that that's the key. Do not take no for an answer. Everybody's gonna tell you no or kick dirt in your face, but you got hands. Wipe those dirt out of your eyes and just keep going because there is a goal and that's the goal that you set yourself to do. And I preach that to all my kids everywhere, whether I was a teacher or to my kids here. Whatever you want to do, don't let nobody tell you you can't do it because you can. Look at me. You can do it. Put the work in. Get up and do it every day until you get to your end goal. Awesome. Thank you. It's amazing. Thank, Thank yeah. you so much. Mm-hmm. I say you represent the community well by being you. That's exactly that that's what's up. That's what you do. Yeah. You are being you and that's exactly what everyone needs, you know. Uh social that, that kind of identity with being Latino and I know there's, you know, always this thing of, you know, feeling like how you're representing the community. Ultimately at the end of the day, it's about being you and you do that a hundred percent through your wrestling, through Twitch, through your art, through um the mass making todo everything so oh, yeah thank and you. my first yep. my first tattoo is a man I, it's on my right arm it's it was small when i first got it. i was 16 i kind of tricked my mom into getting it she sent me <laughs> to new york she sent me to new york and my cousin she was probably just turning 20 uh just took up uh tattooing and she was probably tattooing for six months and she was like, do you want one? And I kind of convinced my mom to say, yeah, because I was like, it's going to be small. But at that time I was small. So like, she didn't really, I guess, I, tr- I don't know. <laughs> but it's the Puerto Rican flag and the Grim Reaper, because like, you know, to me, the Puerto Rican culture, that that's always going to be within me. I'm 100% Puerto Rican. My kids aren't, but I'm 100% Puerto Rican. I'm very proud yeah. of that. You know, I, I, I wear that literally on my sleeve and, you know, I, I wanted that to be something first and never changed that. I never got it touched up. I wanted to be as original as possible because it reminded me of a time that I was so proud of. And I am still of who I am and my people, my culture. And I never want to change that. And I just looked at it now and got goosebumps. So I know. I'm, I'm about to cry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no. This is amazing. <laughs> We can't not thank you enough. Uh, myself, uh, Dusty, Brendan, uh, all mm. want to thank you for joining us uh, this week on the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Um, our listeners can find you on social media at uh, on Instagram at uh, Lince underscore Dorado and on Twitter at Luchador LD. They can get your T-shirts available uh, on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash uh, Lince Dorado and uh let us know uh, your twi- uh, sorry your Twitch page. So yeah, you could go ahead and check me out on Twitch. I'd usually do a Twitch stream every Thursday, 8 p.m. and a Lucha Lit session, which is a Saturday. It's a little bit more adult. Uh, <laughs> also to 8 p.m. And every once in a while, uh, I'll do a gear making with my next one being on the 19th. And you could check those out on twitch.tv forward slash Lucha Lit Station. 
Thanks for listening to this special interview with Lince Dorado from the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. You can find the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast every Friday, wherever you get your podcast from. Be sure to check back later today for the full episode. And if you love behind-the-scenes insider pro wrestling and Lucha Libre interviews, be sure to check out some of the other great shows on our network this week alone. Masks, Mats, and Mayhem, which drops on Tuesdays, had Lucha Underground executive producer and showrunner Eric Van Wagnen on, once again giving in-depth insider stories that have never before been told and perspectives about Lucha Underground, the good, the bad, the ugly, what worked, what made it complicated, and answers the question, is Lucha Underground ever coming back for a season five also on straight out of the bodega with papo esco and gabriel ramirez from pro wrestling revolution wwe nxt referee tom castor comes on he talks about his start in the northern california wrestling scene his tryout with wwe becoming a full-time official there and that gruesome leg injury he suffered mid-match he continued the match until it was over and his road to recovery to getting back in the ring recently. As always, you can find all of the Lucha Central Podcast Network shows in their own feeds, or if you want a sample of everything, just look for the Lucha Central Podcast Network show itself on your favorite podcast platform and get a sampler platter of all the different shows we have to offer. And check out luchacentral.com where you'll always be informed not only about our podcast, but every single day it is the premier source for Lucha Libre news, videos, and photos in English and Spanish. Be sure to check it out at LuchaCentral.com. And as always, everything Lucha Central is absolutely free. So check it out, LuchaCentral.com and the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us.